Welcome into another episode of the Growing Faith Podcast. I'm today's host, Rick McClatchy. I am one of the staff pastors at our Rocky Butte campus here at Manor House in Portland. And my usual co-host, Pastor Mark Daniels from our Mill Plain campus, is not here today, but we're actually going to hear from him as we had a leadership retreat in the end of June. And he did a session on caring for the one. And we both walked away from that session thinking this session was so valuable, so much great content. We wanted to bring it to you today, our podcast audience, just because we feel like it would be such a great equipping for you today. So we're going to go ahead and jump into that session a little bit already in progress. And I really hope that you will lean in with your heart and hear the message that uh, that Mark Uh, delivered to our leadership team, as I believe it's just as much for your heart today as well. So we're going to go ahead and jump into that. God bless you today, and I'll pick you up at the end of this session. Um, I just want to say, Pastor Mark, thank you. Thank you for that first session. I don't know, I, I think it's important that we all kind of take something away that is personal for us. And here's, here's what I took away from that session. It's that I don't have to do more or try harder. I just need to be with the Lord more. And, and stop and think about the gravity of that. The lead pastor, my boss, actually looked me in the eyeballs and for, for a half an hour or 45 minutes, he said, I don't want you trying harder or doing more. I want you spending more time with the Lord. Yeah, I mean, think about that. And think about how he's saying the fruit that we bear, it is a result of that time with him. And we all know when you're on staff somewhere, you're gonna have measurables. There are things you're gonna look at. And, and we do need to perform to a certain level. But ultimately, what we're measured by is the fruit that we bear, the byproduct of our time with him. And I don't, I don't think we can overestimate how important that really is. And as I step into kind of this space and I talk about how we're gonna care for one, we gotta first be in the one. And how many of you are ready to do a little bit more of that in your own life? I don't see any hands. Who's ready to, to be in the one a little bit more? I think it means getting up a little bit earlier, It means spending more time with him. And it means setting aside our agenda as we do so. In our time uh, with with the next few minutes, I want you to turn to John 21. So Pastor Mark had us in John 15. Just turn a couple more chapters to the right, and we're going to take a look at John 21. And and as you take a look at caring for the one, um, we recognize that... um, that Jesus is having a conversation with Peter. It's a really familiar scripture. We all know it. The setup is really simple. Peter had denied Jesus just a few days before. He'd had an opportunity to align himself with Christ and to say, yeah, I follow him and yeah, I love him. But he chose instead to deny that he is his friend. And in that denial came to the great depths of despair. And in the the pain of that, he actually went back to what he had done before. He was fishing in the Sea of Galilee. 
and Jesus shows up and uh, the guys are in the boat and he calls out to them from the shore and he says, hey, have you caught any fish? And they said, no, we haven't caught anything. He said, well, try something new. Throw your net on the other side of the boat and, and just see what happens. So they throw the net on the other side of the boat and they catch a whole bunch of fish and they haul it ashore. 153 fish are in that net. And the Bible goes out of its way to say that the nets were not breaking. We all know the story, right? So now they're all, they're all at a little fish fest Jesus has some fish over a campfire on the shore and they're, they're gonna have some breakfast. And Jesus now looks at Peter and he says, he says this. He says, Simon, son of John, and I'm picking up in verse 15. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Now it's really important that we understand what the Greek word is in this moment. Okay, now I'm not a Greek scholar, um, but I have logos. So I'm really smart because of that. And he's asking, he says, Simon, son of John, do you agape me? He's saying, he's saying, Peter, is your love for me pure? Is it selfless? Is it as complete as it can be? And notice Peter's answer. He says, yes, Lord, you know that I phileo you. I love that Peter is honest in this moment. Jesus says, hey, do you love me with a selfless, pure just an amazing love. And Peter's like, actually, Jesus, you kind of know. I just denied you three times a few days ago, so let's just be honest. I like love you like a brother, right? So what's Jesus's response though? He says, tend my lambs. I tried to put myself in Peter's shoes. No, Jesus, I don't actually love you. So I I know the whole greatest commandment. You were asked this a few times. I I was there, I kind of heard it. Hey, Jesus, what's the the most important thing for us to do? Oh, okay, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Yeah, I I didn't do that very well just a few days ago. And so here I am in my pain and in my brokenness, and I'm catching some fish, and that's great. But now you're telling me to tend your land. You you want me to take care of your kids. Are Are you okay? What happened on that cross? I mean, you thinking right? His next question is, his next question is, Simon, son of John, he asked him a second time, do you agape me? And again, Peter says, Lord, you know all things. You know that I'm, I'm not measuring up right now. I, I phileo you. Again, I love you like a brother. I don't love you like I'm supposed to. And what does he say? And I, I, I love this out of the New American Standard. It's actually my favorite translation for this response. He says, shepherd my sheep. And again, just put yourself in Peter's shoes. I'm, you're asking me to take care of your kids. Do you not know where I'm at? Do you not know how I feel? So now, now Jesus goes, he goes right to the heart of it. And he, he says, Simon, son of John, do you phileo me? And, and, and Peter is grieved. And in the English translations, it says he was grieved because Jesus asked a third time, He didn't ask the same question three times. But because he went back around and he said, okay, do you really, do you, do you love me like a brother? Is that, is that where you are? Is that how we're going to relate? And Peter is grieved in that moment. He says, Lord, you know all things. You know that I phileo you. And again, Jesus says, tend my sheep. 
take care of my kids. Here's what Jesus is doing. He's saying to Peter, and and again, here's my summary thought. We don't love the Lord our God with all of our heart, heart, soul, mind, and strength perfectly. You don't, and I don't, and Peter did not. But God has a plan for us anyway. I may not love perfectly. I may not have the right motivation all the time, but I actually have something that I'm supposed to do. There is fruit that I am supposed to bear. Now, I appreciate so much that I don't have to try to make that fruit happen. I spend time with him, and I think we find that our love for God is more perfected as we spend more time with him. And we know Peter's love for Jesus was actually, it was perfected by the time he reached the end of his life because he was martyred. Not only was he martyred, tradition says that when he was told he was going to be martyred, he said, well, then turn me upside down. I am not worthy to be killed in the same manner as Jesus. He was crucified upside down for it. That's really, really painful. I mean, what Jesus went through was bad. What Peter went through was worse. And his love for Jesus was perfected. He, He said, no, I don't know you just hours before the crucifixion, but years later he said, he is my Lord and Savior and I will be crucified upside down for that guy. In the middle, he spent a bunch of time taking care of his kids. And if you want one of the greatest sections of scripture on how to shepherd, it's 1 Peter chapter 5. Peter has something to say about taking care of the one. And it's all because of what Jesus did on a beach just a few days after he rose again. So we're going to talk about care. We're going to talk about caring for the one. I want to just give you a couple of thoughts about care first, and then we're just going to just kind of lean into a few things. Care is really living out God's love. I want you to think of it this way. We receive care from the Lord and from others. We, we are filled up with the love of God for a purpose, that we turn and we give that away. And as we give that away, that becomes care. To me, care is a verb. It's an extension of God's love in my own life. And my role is to receive God's love, again, from him directly, John 15, but also from those that God puts in my life. And that's what we're gonna talk about here in a few minutes. I take that love, I receive it, I I am filled with it, but then I give it away and that becomes care. It's my response to who he is in me. So in order to really care well, we've gotta understand God's love. Well, where are we gonna look to understand God's love really well? First Corinthians 13. I love that God actually gives us a whole chapter to help us understand love really well. And as we get to verses one through three, I want to point out that we have the Walter Madison translation of 1 Corinthians 13. (laughs) This was actually written by Walter in response to kind of where we are as a staff. And I, I was kind of presenting this and I just read 1 Corinthians 13, one to three. And I talked about how we can have faith that moves mountains and we can speak in tongues and prophesy and do amazing things, all those things that the Bible says. And Walter went and he said, you know what? I wanna make this personal. Like, let's not just think about kind of out here. Yeah, I can have faith that moves mountains. What does that even mean? 
Like we, you know, let's make it, let's make it real. And so this is, this is what he wrote. If I could lead the best worship set and usher in the presence of God, but I don't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I could build the best welcome team or children's ministry, and if I led the coolest youth service, if I had such an amazing prayer meeting that miracles happened, but I didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I tithe faithfully and serve the homeless with my small group, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Love actually matters. Guys, we could build amazing churches. But if we're not doing it out of the right motivation, if it's not God's love flowing through us, God says it doesn't matter. I know this is the Walter Madison translation. So in this case, it's Walter saying it. But in the real translation, God is saying, if love is not what fuels you to do what you do, then it doesn't matter. And stop and think about that. In our Western culture, it's all about results. Hey man, how big's your church? I, I really don't think God cares. I think what he cares is with the people I have put in your, in, in your care, do you care? Are you loving them? Are you reaching out to them because of my love through you? Are you taking them as they are and moving them forward in me? Are you, are you caring for them? I think that's what God cares about. So God's love equals care. Just, just think about that. God's love equals care. It's his love for me that I'm gonna turn around and I'm gonna give away and I'm gonna call that care. Let me just give you a couple more thoughts about care and then we'll keep moving forward. Care is an action. Care is not just emotions. Again, if God defines his love through 1 Corinthians 13 and care is our outward expression of his love in us, then we can say that care is an action. Because when you go to 1 Corinthians 13, in verses four through eight, you'll find 15 different descriptions of love. Love is patient, love is kind. Love does not envy, it does not boast, it does not keep any record of wrongs, and on it goes. Do you know that not one of those is an emotional term? Every single one of those is a decision. It's an action. God actually defines love as something that we do, not necessarily something we feel. We know that emotions are part of it. We feel love. We, we have compassion. We sense God's love for something and we want to step in. So there, emotions are a part of it. But when God describes love, he doesn't use emotional terms. I think it's really important to understand. It requires that I go beyond the emotion that I feel. So if I see someone in need and I feel compassion, but I do nothing, do I really care? I would say I don't. Because God's love is an action. And, and not only that, but because this is a room of leaders, we just have to say it plainly. Leading is one way that we care. I, I think of it this way. I think of care as the umbrella and leading is kind of one, one little lane underneath that. 
Did I say that backwards? I said cares the umbrella and leading. Okay, good. I'm undoing what I'm trying to say right away. No, leading is one way to care. And here's why this is important. We are a group of leaders. There are lead pastors in here. There are support ministries in here. And oftentimes, again, Western Christianity, we're all about results. The fact of the matter is, we think leading is the only way to care. And it is not. Actually, let me tell you something else. So several, actually about a year and a half ago, Pastor Mark came and he said, hey, I want you to think about this. I want you to take on pastoral care for the church. I, I went and did a, a, a fairly extensive, about two hours worth of searching for podcasts on care, the way that we're thinking about it here this morning. I found about five or six. All of them by mainline denominational guys who don't think the way that I think. It was really interesting. But can I tell you, there are, dozens and dozens of podcasts on leadership by pastors whose names you know. Stop and think about that. Right now, the current kind of American church culture is, hey, let's just make sure we're leading really well. Can I just throw up a red flag and say, yeah, we do need to lead, but it's one way to care. What's most important is that we care really well. We lead someone somewhere because we care for them. Here's another thought. I just want to throw it your way. Care is the foundation for everything we do. It is why we do what we do. Guys, this right here has some meaning. It's reach, gather, equip, and lead. And, and here at Manor House, it represents everything we do from evangelism to discipleship to Portland Bible College to Manor House Christian Academy to groups to dream team to belong to youth to children to worship. Come on, it's everything, right? Yeah. Everything we do, it has to be built on the foundation of care. Why would we do evangelism? Because we care about people. Not just have emotions about them, but we love them and we're gonna reach into their world, find them where they are and bring them closer to Jesus. We care about kids, so we're gonna have Wednesday night youth services so that kids who don't have a home that talks about Jesus have a place to go, they hear about Christ, they make a decision and their eternal destiny is transformed. It's the foundation for everything we do. We don't just have weekend services because every other church does. We don't have small groups because other churches do. No, we do this because we care and that's the foundation for why we do what we do. And can I just say this? I think growth will come when we learn how to care really well. The numbers are gonna take care of themselves. On Sundays, on Wednesdays, in other settings, the numbers will take care of themselves when we start to care really well. Here's my definition for care. I said all of that to bring you to this. Here's my definition for care. Care is God's love in action from one person to another. It's God's love in action from one person to another. Maybe make it personal. If you're, if you're writing it down, maybe say, 
Care is God's love in action from me to someone else. This is what we're trying to achieve. That we would receive God's love and then turn that around and give it away. Now here's the, the other thing. Let me just put it in second gear for a minute. We're not trying to just do this individually. We're trying to actually create a culture of care. We're not trying to just think about this for ourselves or our little acre or our silo as a church and as a movement. We're trying to say that we wanna build a culture of care so that care really does become the foundation for everything we do. Is that okay? Let's talk about the culture of care for just a minute. It means that we simply care first. If, if we're gonna build a culture of care, this is, this is practically how it's gonna be lived out. We're gonna care first. Picture yourself in a ministry situation. Maybe it's meeting with someone who is far from God. It's a Sunday. Maybe it's not a Sunday. Maybe it's a Tuesday night and you're meeting with a leader who's on your team, but it's a ministry situation the first thing you're going to do is you're going to care. Let, maybe just put it this way. Ask, hey, how you doing? Before you ask, hey, what, what, are, you, what are you doing? Uh, I, I heard the chuckles, but how many of you, without raising your hand, you have been asked, what are you doing? Before you were asked, how are you doing? I suggest we become a people who every single time we sit down with someone, the first question in our minds is, man, how are you doing? Man, how are you doing? I don't care if I only have three minutes to hear the answer. I think it's the question I need to ask. Come on, man. We're going to care first. If we're going to build a culture of care, we got we to take a step. In addition, this is another thought about just building a culture of care. We actually want to become a team that cares. <laughs> that means this room right here. Can you just, just look around for a minute? Hi, honeys. My wife's here. She got here. Hi, honey. I love you. My wife, Maureen, back there if you don't know her. She was at a home inspection and the inspector fell through the roof. That was fantastic. <laughs> just a foot, just a foot. <laughs> Pastor Mark wants to know, did you care about that? That's... We want to become a team that cares. I, I need you to just look around for a minute. Look around at the people next to you, in front of you, behind you. Look around, look around. This is our family. Some of you don't make it up to Portland as often as I would like, but you're still family. And can I say, if we're gonna build a culture of care, it actually has to start right here in this room. We need to care for each other. If we're gonna build a culture of care, it's us. And as it comes to building a culture of care, I think that uh, we have to start to care for each other really, really well and in ways that we maybe haven't as well in the past. Guys, I've been around, for, I've been on staff 21 years now, okay? 
Hey, I started when I was 10. It's okay. <laughs> There's a chance in those 21 years I have seen the atmosphere and the culture of our team shift a little bit. I've seen how we've cared for each other. I've seen, I've seen how we've not always cared for each other. You know, care is a two, it's a, it's a two-way street. It means that others are going to start to care for me and I'm going to choose to care for others. I know that so far everything I've been saying really is talking about how we are going to care, but can I just, can I just suggest that in order for us to become a team that cares, it's not only that I would care, but that I receive care as well? Because if, if I just give care away all day long, at some point I'm empty. I've got to learn to receive care. And guys, I got to be honest with you. John 15 absolutely is the truth. We, we abide in him. But if God meant for us to only abide in him and never receive care from others, then we don't need to be doing this. Like forget church. Forget groups, forget sending missionaries. Hey, dude, just, just connect with God. You'll get everything you need. That's not the truth. The truth is that God works through people and people actually care for each other. And as you care for me, I get built up so that I can give more away. Are you guys hearing me? Come on now. We've got to start to care for each other. It means we've got to open our eyes. I've got to see where Brian Feeney is. Now, he's at 217. He loves the Ducks, which I pray for him constantly as a, as a Husky fan. Oh, come on. It's all right. You can love the Ducks. I still care about you, okay? I still care. But when I see Brian, it's my job to understand where he's at. He is not my best friend. I, lo I love you, but he's not my best friend, but I care about him. Do you realize how important this is? He's on my team. He's at another campus doing another ministry, but he's on my team. And if we're going to start to care for each other, we've got to recognize how important every person on this team is. I don't care what we do or where we're at. I don't care how often we see each other. I haven't seen Bob Ryan in how long, and yet here he is. And I went right up to him when I saw him this morning. I gave him a great big hug, and I was like, how are you? I know he's in Spain, so at least I know, but I also know he's back. He's not in Spain right now. He's sitting right here on the front row. <laughs> And I know, that, I know that he's an elder in that church. Like, I, I pay attention to what's happening in your guys' worlds. I was just asking Jason and Angie, man, how are you guys doing in Cambodia? And Cambodia's got some challenges. So how are you doing? I don't get the chance to have that face-to-face -face with them very often, but I care. So I choose to step in, but here's the deal. When Chris Hubbard came over earlier and sat down next to me and he said, are you ready? I said, sure, I'm ready to talk to ACLT. Just, I've never done it and scared out of my mind, but yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> I was able to receive that care. Guys, it's a two-way street. I don't just show up to give it away. I'm also here to receive because God's love is gonna flow through you into me. 
But here's, here's the key. And I'm gonna miss a couple of slides, Alicia, but just stay with me. I think in order for this to work really well, we actually have to make a choice. Not only that I will step into your world, but that I will allow you into mine. This is called transparency. In a, in a couple of minutes, I'm gonna tell a little bit of my story, but I think transparency has to rule the day for our teams. If we're gonna build a culture of care, we can no longer just sit back and go, man, people aren't really caring for me. That may or may not be true. How open are you? Are you transparent? Are you allowing people to walk with you? Guys, I could preach all day long about how to give care away. The truth of the matter is, until we receive care, this isn't gonna work. And I've been around long enough to just say this. I don't think we're great at receiving care from each other. And I love you enough to look you in the eyeball and say it's time that we make a change. So I actually have a question for you. And this is where we're gonna interact. Pull out your phone. What keeps us, what keeps me from being transparent? So if you go to the next slide, Alicia. There it is. First of all, you need to text, and I thank you, Ken, for this. This is awesome. I got this from Chris. You text Ken Malman 214 to that number, 22333. Just text Ken Malman 214 to that. That gets you in. Once you're in, here's what I'm looking for from you. I want to know what keeps you or what do you think might keep others around you from being transparent? And as you start to text some answers in, we're gonna, we're gonna interact with this a little bit. So I'm asking everybody to text in at least one thing, but you don't have to be restricted to only one thought. Start to text in some different thoughts. Why aren't we transparent the way that we should be? Insecurity, come on, keep them coming. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. Wow. It's full, okay. So take a look at this. I don't know what you see, but I'm seeing three words, maybe even five that jump out, but we're gonna, we're gonna take a look at three for sure. Fear, rejection, and shame. You know, it's funny, if I, if I was gonna answer this, fear would have been my word. Why am I not transparent? I'm actually, I'm actually afraid, number one, of what you're gonna think of me. Number two, of what you're gonna say to me. I, I, I am actually afraid to allow you into my world. I, I just wonder though, guys, look at me in the eyeballs for a minute. Can we not trust the Lord? 
Can we not trust him in each other? I, now, I know this is real, so I'm, I'm letting that just land on you. Can we not trust this room? I think we can. I actually think we've got to push past our fear. I think we've actually got to say, you know what, in this moment, I'm just going to tell you where I'm at. And if you mishandle that, that's on you. If you're not going to step into my space and actually provide the care I need, that is your fault. But I'm going to be transparent. I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm going to be open. I'm going to let you in. How many of you are with me on that? Let me just tell you just my story real quick. This is actually God's story. I just got to experience it. <laughs> I super resonated with um, Pastor Mark at one point when, when he was talking about uh, John 15 and how the English translations make, make it look like that if a branch is not bearing fruit, that it cuts it off and gets thrown away. But the Greek is actually super clear. It's about lifting that branch out of the dirt, cleaning it off, and putting it back in a place that it can bear fruit. <laughs> I have been that branch. I was that branch among you. Many of you know, you know, years ago, I was here at Rocky Butte. I'm serving, I'm, I'm doing all I can. And I was asked to go over to Mill Plain and take a role. It was not the best of circumstances because I was replacing Pastor Jack. Nobody wanted me to be there other than God did because someone needed to step into those shoes. <clears throat> and through the process of that, and the two years of serving there, it ended, that role ended this way for me. I was actually demoted at the end of it from campus pastor back down to the same role I had done here at Rocky Butte. And I've got to tell you, I became a branch in the dirt. Now, a lot of that's my fault. I allowed my identity to be wrapped up in what I was doing. I... I thought I had arrived. I thought, my goodness, I'm an executive pastor at then City Bible Church at 39. Like, I could, I could be someone who's around like Ken has been and others for, you know, 40 some odd years. I can be a pillar that God builds on. And I started to see myself a certain way and I let my identity be wrapped up in that. Guys, that's sin. I just gotta be honest with you. Let's just call it what it is. That's sinful. I take full responsibility. But when I was demoted, something happened in me. And over the next couple, three years, I came to a pretty bad place. And in January of 2016, now that Daryl is at Mill Plain, he pulled me in his office and he said, Mark, listen, bro, you're, you're, in, a, you're in a bad spot. So I'm, I'm actually having to work around you. I ask you to do things you're not following through. And I love you enough to say to you, you've got to make a change. 
He said, I don't, I don't actually know what's going to fix you, and I don't think it's any one thing, but you can't stay here. And I, I told you this yesterday, but I'm so grateful that you chose to step into that gap, and you cared for me. Give Daryl a hand for that because he deserves it. You know, over the course of 2016, I saw a counselor. I was diagnosed with persistent depression. I started a pastoral process, went through a six-month process with Steve Cole. I went back and cleaned up an issue at PBC. I had actually cheated when I was up there, but I fixed it, so we're good now. (laughs) And then I I went to Uganda on a storm team, and I spoke seven times. And I, I came back from that trip and I just felt wind in my sails for the first time. And it was just the start of, of a lift. About a year later, uh, through another set of circumstances, I was having more conversations with Mark and Daryl just about where I was and the level of health that I was at and was again being challenged with my level of health and just saying, you've got to keep rolling. Like, God's hand is on you and we see growth, but you just got to keep going. You're not, you're not yet where you yet need to be. I had gone from no fruit to some fruit, but it was my pruning to take me to the much fruit place. And can I tell you, since October of 2017, I have adjusted my world. And, and, and here's what I did. And I'm not taking credit. I'm just telling you what happened in my heart, Okay and the response to the Lord that I gave. Daryl sat me down in October of 17, and he just said, this is where you're at. And I accused him of not caring for me. And he said, I, th- I think you're, you don't see it right. Let me explain to you how I've cared for you. And he started to list out all the ways. And I, in that moment, I said to myself, I, how have I been a year and a half in this process of getting healthy and I'm still not receiving care? What is wrong with me? And in that moment, I said, I will never do that again. Here's what I was doing. I was allowing myself to be a victim, to, to see myself as passed over or overlooked. And I said, I'm never gonna do that again. I said, I'm gonna let that guy speak into my life. I mean, am I gonna trust him? Or am I not? That very same week, I met a a member at 217. His name is Bruce Smith. Bruce is retired. He uh, was a former CFO of a Fortune 500 company, and he comes alongside of pastors and walks with them and is a kind of a mentor, coach, counselor guy. We actually don't know how to describe him because it just is kind of different and weird and doesn't fit us, and it's okay. (laughs) But he he has walked closely with me over the last almost two years now. And he has poured into me, <laughs> texting me this morning. Hey, I know you're speaking today. He's, he is hiking in the Grand Tetons, has limited um, cell service, and he's texting me saying, I'm, I'm praying for you. Daryl has walked closely with me, and I've listened to what he said. Bruce has poured into me, and I've listened to what he said. I have a really close friend. Some of you in this room know him. His name is Daniel Gardner. He, is, he lives right down the street from me. His kids love my kids. We love them. They, he was actually my intern at PBC way back in the early days, 2005 or six. And uh, we are really close friends. Daniel speaks in my life. I meet with him every Wednesday, or I'm sorry, every Thursday morning at 8.15. We pray together, we talk. 
those three guys and then whoever else in the moment from Walter to Rick McClatchy to Jason Slykart to others that I trust fully, they speak into my life and I receive care from them. And here's my point. You've got to open up your heart. I know that some of you have and some of you do and you're really good at this, but my experience is that most of us are not. And I'm begging you to make a change. To just open yourself up. Press past the fear. Press past the rejection and the shame. Guys, we're going through freedom to try to confront some of these things. And I know that one time through freedom may not fix everything for everybody. I totally get that. But can I just tell you, this room can be trusted. And I believe that as we're open and transparent with each other, care is going to start to flow. We can have a team that cares and we will create a culture that cares so that when somebody is a branch in the dirt, we're lifting them up and we're helping them move forward. The goal is that we bear much fruit. It's God's story as I lived it out. It's not done yet. I'm excited about that. I'm not gonna die right now. I'm not gonna fall over dead right here. I have more to do. Super excited about that. I actually wanna put a, a tool in your hands. Um, I, I, we handed this out to all the staff here at Manor House. It's just a tool. It's a way to think about how can you find your three? So if you can put that up, Alicia. How can you find your three? People who will walk with you and give you the care that you need. And again, just to try to, to wrap our minds around this a little bit, I'm, I'm trying to equip you to think the right way. Don't go find your three best friends necessarily. They may not be the best people for this. They might be, but they may not be. I do have Daniel Gardner. He is my best friend. I'm grateful for him. I walk with him, but I trust him, and it's 15 years of relationship. It's not, it's not Brian. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're looking for someone who will provide spiritual care, someone who is an apostle, a father or a mother in the faith to you who cares about your, your heart. You're looking for some practical care, emotional, mental, and relational health. You're looking for someone who's further down the road than you. They don't have to necessarily be older, but they're further down the road. They have more experience, and they can speak into your life from that. And then you're looking for a peer Someone who's in your same season of life, generally speaking, understands what you face because of that and is able to speak into you from that perspective. So Adam, if you want to, there's, I've just got a quick little sheet that just explains a little bit more fully. So that's what we've got for today. So here's, here's, here's my challenge to you. In fact, why don't you just bow your head with me real quick? Okay. Just bow your head with me for a minute. And I'm just, I'm just curious for a second. And if it's okay, I'd love to maybe even create a little bit of a, of a moment here. Just a chance for you 
to engage with this thought. Are you in a place where you feel uncared for? Do you feel isolated? Do you feel alone? Do you feel like no one fully gets you? No one fully gets where you're at? No one fully gets what you're facing? And after hearing this, you're willing to say, not today. No, I'm going to step into a new space. I'm going to choose to step into your world when I see that you need it, but maybe even more importantly, I'm going to choose to be transparent with the right people in order to receive the care that I need. All right, there you have it. That was Pastor Mark Daniels from our All Church Leadership Team retreat that we held in June, uh, speaking to really a large portion of our leadership team of our church. And again, I I hope that you've received it much like our hearts uh, felt the day that we heard that. We're just so stirred by what God spoke and really the impartation from the Holy Spirit from us in that context and just thinking how if it's that valuable for us to hear that, how much more valuable it would be potentially for you to hear that as well. So I just really encourage you to dig in with the Holy Spirit to just ask him, what what further does he want to speak into your heart? What action does he want you to take? Um, what areas of your life maybe have you kept a little too guarded? Maybe there hasn't been enough transparency. Our heart really is to just continue to equip really the body of Christ to love and to care for one another and to equip people to build quality community in the local church and and in their neighborhoods and communities that they live in. So that's our heart here at the Growing Faith Podcast. And I really believe this session today uh, takes a big step towards that for you. So please uh, feel free to give us any feedback, comments, and uh, suggestions really for future topics that we could cover for you. You can reach me at rickm at manahouse.church and Mark Daniels, you can reach at markd at manahouse.church. We love to hear from you. Uh, So appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to our podcast. If you might enjoy, if you've enjoyed our podcast, if you could just jump on there, um, rate our podcast, share our podcast so that other people would uh, be able to discover it and potentially benefit from it as well. With that, God bless you. Look forward to connecting with you yet again as we jump into another episode of the Growing Faith Podcast. God bless you and have a wonderful day.